the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And Odyssey. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Here we go. Take two. Welcome to the Bob France Authority. Rob Walgate in the chair for Bob this morning. You know, there's a little bit of pressure when you start the day with the red light on. You got that sweat going. You're thinking about all the things you're going to talk about, a list a mile long. And then you have a touch of technical difficulties to stop. So that just, you know, I, I saw a meme the other day that said, my anxiety has anxiety. So maybe that's what, what I'm dealing with right this second. But we appreciate you being with us on this Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving um johnny on marcy on the other side of the glass good morning to both of you thanks for being here we're gonna have a lot of fun today good morning sorry about the technical difficulties all good we have it blame it on the new guy i'll take the blame so um we have an action-packed show for two hours there's so much that we need to get to i had an opening monologue prepared i had things to talk about there are things and then we had the opportunity pop up for me to introduce someone to the listeners of the Bob France Authority. And, and this gentleman uh, is from the community in which I live and is someone that I've admired from afar for a number of years based on what he and a group of individuals do each and every year on Thanksgiving, and that is the Meadows Turkey Bowl. And I want to introduce Mike Meadows this morning. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Good morning, Rob. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I know today is the day before the big game, and that being the Meadows Turkey Bowl. And I've watched what you and your family and friends have done for years and years in regards to this. Can you tell the listeners, can you give them some background on what happens every Thanksgiving morning in Medina County? Well, first of all, Rob, thanks for having me. And I noticed no technical difficulty. Just uh, to throw that out. So um, I, 
what started was 32 years ago, a humble backyard football game. It was myself, my brother, Tom Judson, and my nephew. And we did what most people do on Thanksgiving is we, we threw the football around. And my, my good friend Tom Judson was friends with Tommy Bardell, and he had a wristband. And um, he took the wristband off, and he threw it to my nephew, and he said, bring it to the next turkey bowl. And I say, with that toss of, a wrist, uh, of that wristband, um, started a tradition. And the game was a traditional backyard football game for about 15, 16 years. My wife would make these big breakfasts. I'd say players would flock to my house like buzzards flock to Hinkley. I'd open up the garage door, and there'd be a bunch of men there, and we'd play, we'd play a backyard football game. And about 15 years ago, someone said, we want to pass the hat around, and we want to give you money for what you're giving us, right? And I said, no way. Let's give it back to charity. And, and so that year, we went to Dominic's Pizza, which you're probably familiar with, in Medina, and we raised $850. And we just created this really cool business model where we picked teams, and then um, we raised money. 100% of the proceeds go to St. Vincent de Paul Society to help the needy uh, with an emphasis on the needy battling cancer. And um, it's just a tradition that's, that started 15 years ago for fundraising and today. Um, uh, we hope to top $3 million raised as a fundraiser since its origin. Um, and one thing that happened to us, Rob, uh, about a year and a half ago was my son was diagnosed with brain cancer. Um, he had three grand mal seizures, and we never thought we would be struck with cancer because we were helping people that were battling cancer. And so we were. And so um, we're dedicating our efforts, none of the money, but all of the efforts to my son Pete, and this year, 25% of the proceeds are going to go to cancer research for oligodendroglioma. And we're working with uh, a hospital up in Boston um, to have a dedicated researcher trying to find a cure for the type of cancer that he has. So it's a really special event. If you go to MeadowsTurkeyBowl.com, you can learn more. MeadowsTurkeyBowl.com. You can make a donation. We have incredible packages. And, and I just want to say thank you for the kind words. Um, it's a total team effort, and it's, it's all about the what I call the men that come in and they play the game within the game. And well, the game within the game is going, going out and raising money. Well, and I know you talk about it with its humble beginnings and some guys in the backyard, and now it, it's developed into this. You have multiple teams. You have six teams this year. Is that correct? We have six teams. Um, uh, my son Pete's actually with me right now. Um, we're, we have exciting news. You know, Rob, you're breaking something pretty big right now, but um, Connor Cook, is going to be playing in this God. year's game. And uh, he was driving past our building. He's friends with a lot of the players. And uh, he picked up the phone and called us, and he said, is it too late to get in? <laughs> and we said, absolutely not. And he's already raised over $2,000. And so uh, I, someone told me two years ago he was throwing passes to Imani Toomer, and now he's going to be throwing passes to uh, Pete Meadows. Who's yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think whatever team Connor Cook is on, has a bit of an advantage at the quarterback position, and uh, he's going to make well, those receivers look good tomorrow morning. Well, see, so this is where the fun is, Rob, is that tonight we take all the money that we raise, we convert it into Monopoly money or Meadows money, and we put players on the auction block. And so needless to say, Connor Cook is going to go for a lot of money, a lot of money, I would imagine. So, Yes, he most certainly is. Well, I was reading an article about like i said i've followed you guys from afar for a number of years i need to make it out there and and watch the game uh one of these years maybe tomorrow morning i'm just going to happen to show up and and watch some of these games take place i'm a bit too old to get out there and i'd be 
crying about my hamstring or Achilles midway through, I'm sure, if I tried to play. But um, I read an article about how you heard Matthew West's song, Do Something. Can you talk to us about how that song spoke to you, Mike? Yes, so we actually were at a uh, concert at St. Ambrose Church, and he um, was singing um, the song "Do Something." It's a wonderful song, and and the beginning lyric uh, has the gentleman talking about talking to God, saying, "You know, why is all this bad happening? And why don't you do something?" And God says to him, "I did. I created you." And and when Pete got diagnosed with with brain cancer, you 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 pray that you'll find the right team and the right um, hospital to take good care. We found MD Anderson. Um, and then and then you just pray that somewhere, someone is going to find a cure, right? And and then all of a sudden the thought occurred to us through that lyric is, why don't we do something about it, right? Instead of just sitting on the sidelines, let's go find a cure. And so what we decided to do was when our heads hit the pillow at the end of the day, we know that 25% of what we raise this year and every year moving forward, it's going to go to research for oligodendric glioma. And oligodendric glioma is a rare form of brain cancer. Only about 4% of the cancer falls into that uh, category. Only only 12,000 people are walking around with it. Uh, 1,200 people a year are diagnosed with it. And so um, what we're trying to do is, is shine a light on something that really not a lot of money is given to. Well, you're doing an amazing job at it, and I know so many people have rallied around. You talked about how people can visit the website meadowsturkeybowl.com to get information on it. Um, my it, the, Another question, as I stutter through this one because I'm thinking about Connor Cook, um, do you think anyone's going to talk trash to Connor Cook based on what happened last Saturday? Do you think, wow, do you think, you that'll, do you think that'll be brought up at all? You, you know, I, uh, <laughs> for those, for those listening, wondering what we're talking about, Connor Cook, amazing quarterback, um, uh, played for Michigan State, had a stellar career, um, was, you know, j- just an amazing quarterback. And I've had the opportunity to be an amazing guy as well. Yeah. You know, I, I think fun, fun loving, they will. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Uh, most definitely. You know, I, I don't mess with, don't provoke him or, or you can get beat by about, <laughs> 20 touchdowns yeah yeah he's uh he's a big guy there's no doubt about that there may be some trash talk but it may be it may take place and it may happen um from a distance that's for sure well well um mike and pete we're cheering for you guys uh we appreciate all that you're doing i know so many others have when i look at the numbers i mean in the past 15 years cumulatively i think you're approaching 2.7 million dollars probably go over 3 million this year Raised, you raised over four hundred thousand last year. I mean, just what you've been able to do to impact and love on others, and what started as a backyard football game with the guys opening their garage door and having a little breakfast on Thanksgiving. Um, you're causing a lot of other people to give thanks in these years to come. So, it's kudos to both of you, and thanks to you for answering the call that the Lord's put on your heart. Thank you. Hey, Rob. Thank you. Be my guest tomorrow. I'd love for you to come with your family and. And, um, and, and come out. It's, the address is 2659 Center Road, Hinkley, Ohio. 2659 Center Road, Hinkley, Ohio. And you'd be my guest. 
maybe you know we'll throw the ball around. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe we should do that. I'd be more accustomed to uh, wearing a striped shirt and throwing a flag. I'll tell you that. And and I know we're not doing this for the business plug, but I will tell you, you got your business first day school supplies. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Uh, I'll tell you what. I, it, thank you to you guys and all you do there because the amount of anxiety and stress you take away from families in the shopping we don't have to do with our kids in the aisle before school. You do it all. That is much appreciated. What an amazing business and business model. So uh, on behalf of the Walgate family, thanks for saving us every August from having to go and uh, fight with our children. Man, thank you so much for that. It means it means, it means a lot. I you got it, guys. I will, I will see you in the morning. Thanks for all you do. God bless. Take care. Wow. What a story. Sounds like I'm going to a football game tomorrow morning, Johnny. couple football games. Thanksgiving football. Thanksgiving football. Looks like I'm going to be in Hinkley, Ohio. I'm looking forward to it. You're listening to AM 1420, The Answer, the Bob France Authority. favorite whk programs or podcasts on the go it's free in your app store Welcome back to the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. What a start. What a start to the day, talking Meadows, Turkey Bowl, and it's going to be a lot of folks in Hinkley, Ohio tomorrow, raising money for a good cause and watching a lot of people um, possibly slop it around in the mud. I think there may be a little rain in the forecast, be chilly tomorrow morning. It's the best way to play football on Thanksgiving. That is the best way to play football on Thanksgiving. I, I would agree with that. Um, MeadowsTurkeyBowl.com. Check it out. As Mike mentioned, they have some amazing packages and sponsors of folks that have donated. If you donate a certain amount of money, you can get an amazing package, and all the money goes to such a great cause. I mean, I could have talked to those guys all day. And for those wondering, as we said, you know, um, Connor Cook making an appearance, slinging it around, uh, watching him throw the football would, would be worth the price of admission, even though there is no price of admission, watching him throw it around. Um, would be something. So I know we didn't get to something that Bob gets to in the opening segment, so we need to get to that right now, don't we, Johnny? We need to get to the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Now, how fitting is that to have The Rock step in and do the pledge on the morning we're talking about football and everything else? Dwayne Johnson, what he played, I believe he was he was at um, the U. I think that's where he played college football, did he not? I am not sure. Yeah, I think he played at the U, no doubt about it. And um, 
took that into a pretty prolific acting and professional wrestling career. So we we do have an action-packed show today. If you want to get involved on the show, 216-901-0945, you can weigh in. You can talk about the issue of the day. You can give us your thoughts on maybe what you're thankful for this week of Thanksgiving. There's so many folks I know uh, running around today preparing for the big day tomorrow. Maybe they're cutting celery. Maybe they're prepping the turkey doing some pumpkin pie. I left my house this morning. My kids are scarfing down pumpkin pie. Um, uh, I, they may be in trouble for that one, but half of it will be gone come tomorrow. I heard there's supposed to be a shortage of cranberry sauce this year. I don't know if I've ever had cranberry sauce. So I don't know if that's going to impact me. <laughs> <laughs> On the news, they said um, there's going to be a shortage of cranberry sauce because of uh, with the... Uh, yeah, supply chain supply issues. Supply chain. Supply chain issues, everything that's going on, you're going to have. One thing that's definite, one thing that's definite is you're getting impacted with the prices. When you take a look at prices from what they were a year or two ago, even last year, just take a look at one year the price. Um, but that's what happens when you have a government that has a printer in the backyard. Well, I used to say they had a printer in the backyard just to hit prints to make more money and they don't even need the printer anymore they just push a button and then it magically appears in everyone's bank accounts and we hand out money like it's water we spend i i would say we spend like drunken sailors but drunken sailors at some point get cut off i mean they run out of money the government giving money away at some point it has to run out but i'm not sure it will and we've seen what inflation's done and how that's impacted each and every one of us you've been impactly You've been direct impactly, making up words on a Wednesday morning. You've been directly impacted if you've just went to the pump. And I know we've talked about that, and, and they're talking about um, <laughs> releasing, I believe, 50 million barrels from the reserves, which may take... From our Federal Reserve yeah, of, of gas? Yeah, of oil, yes, which may, it would last, um, I believe, two days. And the energy secretary was asked uh, how many we use in a day yesterday at a briefing. And it was, I'm trying to think of the right word, but it was somewhat, I, I would like to say unbelievable, but it happened. So, And I do believe it would happen with this administration. But she did not know or have that data in front of her on how many barrels we use a day. How does and, she not know? She's the uh, energy secretary. That's a great question. And everyone was looking around like, can you imagine? But I, but I also think it goes to, and Bob talks about this often, it goes to what happens when the narrative is controlled by the mainstream media and where you get your information. Where does that come from? And how do you get it? And that's why we need to be so concerned regarding of the control of information, especially when it comes to take a look at social media platforms. When we talk about Facebook, when we talk about Twitter, when we talk about outside of social media, Google, and we know so such a high percentage of people use that as their search engine and what they're searching and what does that look like. And they're controlling what you get. And, and what's really been amazing over the past 18 months is from a fact checker perspective and all the people that are supposed fact checkers that give inaccurate information when they're checking the facts. I mean, take a look at the Kyle Rittenhouse story. Take a look at the Hunter Biden story. We can go on and on and on and pull up and show the hypocrisy that has been displayed by the mainstream media, by the people that are supposedly talking about how they want you to have truth 
at your fingertips, and that's just not happening. So that's why I'm so appreciative for shows such as Bob's for the research that he does and providing all the information to his listeners. And um, I feel very fortunate and blessed to be able to sit in this chair and share some additional info with all of you. After the break, I'm going to introduce you to a dear friend of mine, the National Legislative Director from the American Policy Roundtable, Melanie Elsie, and we're going to talk about legislation that's happening in the state of Ohio. You're listening to the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Just because the president is incoherent doesn't mean you have to be. The Bob France Authority, keeping you politically coherent. On AM 1420, The Answer. Welcome back to the Bob France Authority. Rob Walgate with you on this Wednesday morning, the day before Thanksgiving. And we do have so much to be thankful for. And on this show today, we talked with Mike Meadows from the Meadows Turkey Bowl, all the work that they're doing to help charity and reach out and help others. There's a lot of people that are thankful for them and for the football games that they play every Thanksgiving. I'm, I have the opportunity, and I'm very blessed to work with a number of folks at the American Policy Roundtable, and I'm very thankful to work with each and every one of them, and you're going to get the chance to meet a few of them today. Well, to meet a few, but also um, to be reintroduced to one because uh, Dave Zanotti, who will join us later in the program, he is a frequent guest on this program when I host, but also when Bob hosts. Uh, Dave Dave has been joining Bob for years and years to provide insight and analysis and to add to the truth that it all is already being told. But right now, I want to introduce you to the legislative director from the American Policy Roundtable, Melanie Elsey. Melanie, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking the time and joining me this morning. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks. Well, so much of the work that you do as the National Legislative Director of the American Policy Roundtable is, um, you know, you always talk about uh, doing things to, to bring the cookies to the bottom shelf. Is that correct? That, that's right. <laughs> bring, bring the <laughs> Make cookie, it understandable. Bring the cookies to the bottom shelf, and that entails you diving into um, legislation, to bills, the things that have been done in the past, to disappearing um, into the archives of so many issues that have been discussed and debated. And right now in Ohio, it seems like a time where we have been in the middle of policy and legislative discussions, especially as it pertains to the past 18, 19 months as we've been dealing with COVID. So as we look, that's, that's as we look today, um, what does that look like in the state of Ohio when it comes to COVID legislation? Because so much of what's talked about is regarding the vaccine mandates that have been mm-hmm. discussed from a federal perspective and how that impacts each and every person in the state of Ohio. And I know you've been watching all of that very close. Well, I think we're going to soon find a clash between federal policy and state policy, a number of different states, including Ohio are pushing back on the federal mandates. But before I get into that piece, 
um, we have to understand that Ohio last year, uh, uh, or actually earlier this year, passed a bill, uh, Senate Bill 22, which provides um, oversight from the General Assembly. If you recall, the uh, two weeks to flatten the curve turned into 18 months, and it was emergency order extended, 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 you know, month to month to month. They kept pushing out these emergency orders, and which culminated in health orders coming down from the health department. And uh, so Senate Bill 22 basically put an end to that um, executive push and executive authority because it changed a small piece in state law that gave carte blanche authority to the Department of Health, um, what they called absolute or supreme authority in law, and the General Assembly regained that oversight. So they can't issue executive orders now without having the General Assembly be the guardian of those policies. So that's done. Yeah, and the, um, di- the dysfunctionality of the Ohio General oh. Assembly during that process that was taking place in, in the part of Ohio Revised Code you mentioned, 370113, um, at one point my wife, who listened to me do media a little bit everywhere, and she would sometimes be in the office as I was doing it as we were all um, piled at home, she said, I can't listen to you say the 370113 one more time. You're driving me crazy, Rob. <laughs> And I, and I said, I'm sorry, but that that is unfortunately what drove every single policy in the state of Ohio, and that was their excuse so that they could be the kings. Right, and they had to find a balance in establishing the changes to state law that would still allow the governor to step in in the case of an emergency if we had like an anthrax attack or something where they, we would need to have the health department involved um, to prevent uh, a broader crisis. But it, what it does is it allows the General Assembly, well, first of all, it sunsets and the governor's executive order after 90 days. And, it doesn't, and the General Assembly can step in immediately on a health order that they deem to be too far-reaching and rescind it. Um, there's a waiting period for the executive order for declaring an emergency, but an actual health order that the General Assembly can now step in and say, no, that goes too far. And that so this is probably one of the reasons that Mike DeWine and Dr. Vanderhoff and others haven't tried to do anything because they know they can be held accountable for their actions now. Right, right. It was a game changer. It was a game changer in terms of the um, activities and the push coming from the executive branch. Um, so it's not that they can't deal with an emergency. They just can't deal with it without any accountability anymore. So that's that's finished. What we have now pending... Um, are legislative pieces that deal with vaccine mandates. And, in fact, just last week there was a bill that passed the Ohio House. I believe the vote was um, 52, no, 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 excuse me, um, oh, what was it? 58, 58 to 32. 58, yep. Yeah, 58 to 32. There were nine members who weren't there, didn't vote on it, so there, we still have a chance to get to the 60 if we need a veto-proof majority. It's going to go over to the Senate. What is in that bill is an allowance for vaccine mandates if the vaccine is fully approved by the FDA. They cannot mandate a vaccine at all. And we're talking schools, K-12, to post-secondary, uh, and we're talking public and private businesses with the exception of children's hospitals and ICU and CCU units. But they can't mandate um, a vaccine that's under emergency use. 
at all. It has to have full FDA approval. Now, if they do mandate an FDA-approved vaccine, the individual employee or student has the capacity to say no thank you, to opt out. If there if there's a medical contradiction, contraindication, if there is um, for reasons of conscience um, or religion, or if they have natural immunity, which is ne- hardly ever discussed. So, so in uh, essence, COVID, in essence, it puts the individual in consultation with their doctor if they choose, but they have control over what goes into their body. Correct. Correct. So the, the employer can have a policy and require, but the employee has would have the right under state law to say no thanks. And isn't there, um, isn't there a caveat in there as well that deals with um, potential injury as it pertains to vaccine? Right. If a, if an employer mandates a vaccine and someone takes that vaccine and has an, an injurious side effect to the vaccine, seizures, you know, whatever the side effect is, they can get uh, uh, money under work. They can file a workman's comp claim. It'd be a worker's, worker's, comp. Be a worker's comp claim because, uh, again, there are so many people, you know, on both sides of this issue. But the one thing I think that <laughs> flips a number of folks out is the fact there are people that are pro-vaccine but they are so anti-mandate. And the reason they're anti-mandate is because they know with the administration, with big government as a whole, once they grab control of that, they're never going to let go. We've seen that happen over the last 19 months. You know, I, I'm reminded of, you know, we've been talking about this. I know you and Dave Zanotti have been been talked about Hillary Care in the 90s. And then we talked about Obamacare roughly 13, 14 years later and. Dave always says, when the government controls your health care, the government controls your life. And that's, in essence, mm-hmm. what we're seeing happening firsthand. Right. And all of, the, all of the policy discussions at the federal level, seeping down into the state, has been on um, uh, the, the vaccines without any consideration to natural immunity. So it's been a one-size-fits-all. And even now, they're changing the definition of fully vaccinated. To, be, to, to require boosters. Um, the boosters hasn't made itself into to formal federal policy, but those conversations are starting. And so, you know, you could feasibly have federal policy that would say, you know, you would have to be required to get a booster every so often, every six months or annually or whatever the case may be. So that it's not just a one time to deal with the COVID emergency. It's, it's dealing with COVID odd infinitum, I mean, all the way through many years. And we, they, they're obviously trying to push the vaccine on to school-age children. What I find fascinating is in talking about required vaccines for children, in, in Ohio, I don't think Ohio will get there. Well, we won't if, if 218 passes for sure. But I don't think our General Assembly is going to allow the requiring of vaccines for children. But if they do, we already have a precedent in state policy. Um, we have state law that allows for opt-outs on school vaccines. Most people don't realize that. They, they say, oh, have to, I, everyone talks about mandated vaccines for schools, so COVID mandating vaccines for COVID would be no different for kids. Uh, no. What? In Ohio state policy, parents can opt their child out of any of the required vaccines for um, religious reasons, for reasons of conscience, 
for medical reasons. And on certain vaccines, like um, uh, pox, uh, um, I think it's rubella, mumps, chickenpox. Yeah, MMR, mumps, measles, rubella. If you have natural immunity, yeah. you're not required. Yeah. You're, you, yes, COVID is the first time the CDC has given the recommendation or said you need to get the vaccine even if you have natural immunity. When you go look through um, historically all their releases, all their documents, if you've had the vac- if you've had the virus and you have natural immunity, um, then they weren't recommending it. This is different. And it's changed. You know, I, I can speak from personal experience with my family. As your children get older and you get into some of these vaccines that are that are on the schedule and you look at it and you're like, why does my kid need this vaccine? And it talks about right. everything. It, it shows you firsthand um, how much control that legislation and the drug companies, look at how many lobbyists they employ, how much of a handle they have on some of this legislation. And there was one vaccine we weren't comfortable with giving our son when he became a teenager. And we're like, now nah, he doesn't need that one. And our pediatrician says, well, it's on the schedule. He needs to get it. And we said, well, He's not getting it. And our pediatrician said, well, you will no longer be seen in this office. I said, okay. Um, this okay. wasn't an eva- This wasn't for something that was a terminal illness. This wasn't for something that was um, earth-shattering and super contagious, but it was on the, the schedule, the drug company schedule, and we were told we wouldn't be seen anymore um, in that pediatrician's office. So, so we're not seen anymore in that pediatrician's office. I have other friends that um and again my kids have had some of their vaccines and full disclosure i i'm giving that info so i'm not violating hipaa well maybe i am but that's all right um it's my children um when we look at i have other friends i have friends who um and i won't disclose names but their their children haven't received any vaccines and they got a call from the school one day that said hey so and so uh someone has chicken pox in in the school and your kids haven't been vaccinated for it. And the mom said, can you make sure our kids go play with that kid <laughs> can you say, yeah. so we can get it over with? Um, <laughs> because they just wanted the natural immunity because they know right. that that's going to be uh, effective. Right, right. There are a couple of other, if we have time, a couple of other things in House Bill 218 that we need to mention. Um, one of which is the um, and, uh, public and private entities um, like a, concert or uh, theater cannot bar, cannot require people to show proof of vaccination to enter into a facility or receive services. That's another piece in the bill. Um, There are exemptions. Uh, I mentioned that children's hospitals, ICU, CCU units, if a student is getting training at a hospital that's owned by a private college or state university and they're working in a children's hospital or ICU or CCU unit, those training programs, the, the university has to fi- make a good faith effort to find a different way to train those those individuals. And the same for an employer. Um, if for a children's hospital or a ho- another hospital that has an ICU or CCU unit, those those employees that work in those sections, um, the employer has to find a good faith, has to exert a good faith effort to find them an alternate employment. Yeah. So those are pieces that are in the bill that... I think it, people need to understand. The, the bill has passed the House. It will move to the Senate. We'll, we'll right. see how that plays out over the next couple of weeks. I'm telling you, if the Republicans wanted to make money in this state, all they'd have to do is put a camera 
in their caucus meetings when Republicans only meet behind closed doors because it is so dysfunctional what happens there. Um, they can't agree on anything. They could sell ads to it. It would be must-see TV because you would be amazed that the number of people that are supposedly uh, looking out for the best interests of Ohioans, but yet they can't get along and they can't get this done in a timely manner. That's why it took, what, 14 months to get Senate Bill 22 done or whatever it took. And, and Melanie, the terminology we use, it sometimes needs to change as well because we've been calling it a vaccine forever. And a vaccine would eradicate or prevent you from getting something. And we've seen from the percentages, from the studies, that this vaccine doesn't keep you from getting the virus. No, no, it doesn't. It might be interesting, too, for the for the listeners to understand that um, Merck and Pfizer are getting ready to release uh, prevention pills for, yeah. for COVID. Yeah, it would have been nice and, to have. You know, that, that discussion is going to be coming up fairly quickly next month. Another license for them to print money. That's what that Mm -hmm. is, another license for them to print money. Well, Melanie, we appreciate all the work that you do at the American Policy Roundtable. Thank you for letting the listeners know what is happening. And I will make sure that we're in communication with Bob and we're giving updates to the listeners as this legislation moves through the process and goes to the Ohio Senate. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Wow, Melanie Elsie, National Legislative Director, American Policy Roundtable. I often refer to her as the smartest woman I know. I always get smarter when I listen to her. You are listening to the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Bob France Authority, AM 1420, The Answer. Big thanks to Melanie Elsie for joining us and breaking down Ohio legislation as it relates to COVID and COVID mandates. My phone was blowing up during that segment from folks, friends listening in, telling personal stories about what their doc has told them regarding getting the vaccine. Um, Had one gentleman text in and say he's gotten both shots of the Pfizer vaccine, then he got COVID, so now he has the antibodies as well. And his doctor said, "Absolutely no more shots for you. No more boosters. Nothing. You're not. You're not getting any more." And the interesting thing is, is if they continue to change the rules, by definition, he would not be considered fully vaccinated, which is totally baffling because he got two shots, which did not prevent him from getting the virus but yet they wouldn't still consider him fully vaccinated because he didn't get the booster shot. And what would the booster shot then do? They would probably argue that it would keep him from getting the virus, but he's not going to get the virus because science tells us he has natural immunity. What's weird uh, 
which is going to come after, is that now if you're fully vaccinated, but they keep uh, mandating these boosters and stuff, then you're going to become unvaccinated again? You're, you're not going to be fully vaccinated. That They're making the rules as they go along, and they're going to continue to change. And here's the thing. When we were testing in the beginning, and people were taking PCR tests, and the threshold was so low, there were a lot of people that were testing positive that maybe didn't have COVID, but they had a virus, and it would pop the PCR as a positive. And those people were considered as positive COVID cases. They may not have had COVID-19. They may have had a different virus, and that's what happened. But the, all those folks, they, what they should have been doing, the government should have been encouraging is a couple things, is to eat healthier, to get more exercise, and for folks that believe they had it to get tested for antibodies. That's when I got sick, and I got pretty sick. COVID kicked my butt. I haven't um, shied away from that. It, it did some things to me that weren't fun. But then I went and gave blood to the Red Cross a month or two months after because they then took your blood and they wanted it if you had COVID, and then they let you know if you had the antibodies. And they let me know I had the antibodies. The problem is, is the Red Cross then stopped testing for antibodies sometime in June of this year. And the reason that we were told was is because there were a number of people that got the vaccine that went and gave blood, hoping to see that they had the antibodies, and they didn't have the antibodies. And so they were like, well, what would the vaccine do if they didn't give me antibodies? And what we've seen now is the vaccine hasn't prevented people from catching the virus. That's been the problem. The problem is the administration has continually moved the goalposts, and they haven't been honest when it comes to science with the American people. We're one hour in. We've got an hour to go, Johnny. One to go. You're listening to the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.